everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and this is So Basically. I am honestly really faking that nice voice because I am so pissed. I'm so pissed. I told y'all last week that I ended up getting a mic for Christmas and I tried to get the mic to work for last week's episode and it wasn't working. The audio kept cutting in and out and it was like skipping and it sounded really bad. So I was like, okay, I'll take this next week to figure out what's wrong with it, try to fix it, and I can use it for this week's episode. Well, I was sound checking for about an hour straight and I still couldn't figure out what was going on with the mic. It was still cutting in and out. It still sounded like shit. I read the directions. I watched videos on the mic nothing was working and I was getting really mad so I'm sorry to say but I am recording on my phone again this week but I'm gonna try I'm gonna try so hard to figure out what's wrong with the mic so hopefully I can't make any promises but hopefully next week I will be using the mic and it will sound amazing y'all are gonna be like oh my god she's so official but until then it's back to the phone the trustworthy phone um I am back in Dallas and I am still recording in a closet, but now it is my own closet. So I love that I'm back in my own space. Um, <laughs> no, but for real, I really did miss Dallas. Uh, no offense to my parents. I love my family. I love spending time with my family. But I was craving that independence once my visit got towards the end. I was like, I'm ready to go back to Dallas. I'm so ready. I missed my bed. I missed my apartment. I missed my roommates. Still with, I'm still missing one. Mariah, please come back. We miss you. But Marissa actually came home today, so I'm very happy about that. But still, I just really miss Dallas. I love being on my own. I love being able to do my own thing, kind of have that independence. It's great. So when I go home, it feels kind of weird because I still feel like I have to ask my parents about everything because they're my parents and I'm in their house but technically I'm grown so like I don't know which is I don't know what's what like I don't know what I should do so it's always weird when I go back home but I don't know am I the only one that feels this way please let me know if I'm the only one that feels this way because there's no way there's no way does anyone else get like that like y'all miss your college town or wherever you moved out to from your parents house like I feel like it can't only be me that feels this way but who knows? I I don't know. Maybe maybe it is just me. But anyways, let me kind of take a turn here. A, a slightly dark turn. Um, <laughs> so last night, I had a really bad anxiety attack. And it was probably the worst one that I've ever had in a really long time. And I've been having them quite a bit lately. Um, But last night was terrible. I started hyperventilating. And I was crying for about 20 minutes straight. Like, hardcore crying. Not just shedding a few tears. Like, I was, like, screaming, crying. I don't know what was wrong with me. Like, well, I do know. But, like... It was just so sudden. It really just came out of nowhere. And it just, it hit me like a truck. And it was honestly scaring me because 
when I was hyperventilating, I'm like, okay, something's like definitely wrong and I'm definitely letting my anxiety get the best of me. So I tried to call a few people. They didn't answer and I was like, well, shit, that's my luck. And then I ended up calling a good friend of mine and he picked up and he kind of helped me calm down and everything, which was great. I'm so thankful that he actually picked up because I don't know how long I would have been hyperventilating if he didn't. So thank you, Tank, if you're listening, for picking up the phone because that helped me out tremendously. But let me tell y'all why I had this anxiety attack. Basically, I started overthinking about a lot of things in my life. And let me let me go more into depth on that because that's very vague. Um <laughs> I'm like, that's a really vague, um, explanation. So basically, um, when I start overthinking, I don't overthink about just one thing. My mind tends to fill up with everything going on in my life. And I think about it all at once. And then I overthink about more than one thing, which then leads to me having an anxiety attack. And last night, just out of nowhere I was just sitting in bed and I was thinking like I have been feeling so empty lately okay and I mean it's not to the point where I am feeling like oh I just give up like I don't want to try anymore it's not gotten to that point but it has gotten worse the past like a month or two And I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know, like, if it was the holiday. I honestly don't know what triggered it. But I have been feeling so empty. Like, just blank. And I know it's kind of hard to tell because, you know, on my socials and everything, I'm, like, being happy, you know, showing, obviously, like I mentioned a few episodes ago, putting on my best face for everyone. But... In reality, I am struggling with myself mentally. And it's really just because I feel blank inside. Like, like there's nothing there. Like, I could feel happy one day, but it's not, like, genuinely happy because I still feel that void inside. And I know this is kind of getting, like, dark, but like I said, the podcast is meant to be raw and honest and open and you know obviously if anyone else is struggling feeling this way obviously I'm hoping this will help y'all as well once I get more into like the topic of today's episode but I just felt like a void and like life just feels so I guess vague would be the word kind of um it, it just feels not as exciting as I feel like it should be. And I would keep questioning, like, why I feel that way. And I've I've tried, like, you know, a whole bunch of different things when it comes to trying to figure out why I may have this void, you know. But I don't know. It just got to the point where I'm like, I feel like nothing is helping, nothing is working, And so last night, I was really thinking about that. I'm like, what if I always feel like this? Like, what if this is, what if this feeling is forever and I never actually experienced true happiness? And then I started hyperventilating and then I started having an anxiety attack. 
So that's, oh, love that. I love when that happens. Thank you, mind, for doing that. You're truly a a blessing. Thanks for that. You're the best. (laughs) But no, in all seriousness, um, I kind of get a feeling of what was causing me to feel that way. But at the same time, like, I don't know, it could be several different things. But this kind of leads into today's topic, which is finding true happiness or defining what happiness really is in life, okay? And today, I'm going to talk about a book. What? Lauren? Talking about a book? Lauren reading? Yes, okay? I decided my little New Year's goal was to read more, okay? So I took my ass to Target and I bought a book or two. And this book I have been reading, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And it's by Mark Manson. I've only read about two and a half chapters. And let me tell you, it is such a good book. I highly suggest reading it. Because when it comes to, like I said earlier, me feeling just empty and vague, things like that, like, oh, what's what's truly happiness, blah, 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 like, I'm never gonna feel it, like, all that kind of shit, like, he explains those feelings perfectly in the book, and it makes you feel like you know that you aren't the only one that feels that way. But at the same time, He's like, okay, yeah, you you feel this way, but then he gives you all of these explanations like why you could be feeling this way. And I'm going to go into those explanations because let me tell y'all that when it comes to finding true happiness or whatever, I honestly feel like it's different for everyone. Like everyone's meaning of happiness is different. They look at it differently. But there are several, I guess, steps that you would attempt to take to try to find that happiness. And you could be chasing that feeling your entire life and still not completely feel the amount of happiness that you want. Okay? And this will all make sense once I actually get into detail about the book. But first, we're going to talk about being positive, positive affirmations, Basically, like, self-help, happy stuff. All all that good stuff that you can, like, find on, I don't know, your Instagram feed. All the self-help, all that kind of stuff, alright? And this kind of took shots at me because, I don't know if y'all remember a few episodes ago when I was talking about social media, some advice that I gave someone for, like, the Q&A segment, I was like, well, you know, what I do is I I look in the mirror and I give myself positive affirmations, and that helps me. Well, (laughs) after reading this section of this book, I realized, oh my god, positive affirmations are not actually positive at all. And let me me tell you why. You might be like, Lauren, what the hell are you talking about? Like, (laughs) they're called positive affirmations for a reason. No. Okay, no. If you're thinking that, it's all a lie. And let me explain why. So in the book, Mark Manson, 
describes basically all this self-help stuff that it's fixating on what we lack in life. So for instance, if I stand in front of a mirror and I give myself positive affirmations on how beautiful I am, like, oh, you're beautiful, uh, your body looks great, you know, all this good stuff. It's be- I'm saying that because I already feel like I'm not beautiful already. And that's kind of true. I give myself these affirmations because I feel like I'm not beautiful. So that's why I stand in the mirror and I try to convince myself like, yeah, you you think you're pretty. You're so gorgeous. You're you're amazing. When in reality, like I know deep down that I already feel like I'm not. So I'm just trying to convince myself that I am. And I'm not saying like I'm not pretty. I'm not gorgeous. Like to some people I may be pretty. To my parents, they think I'm pretty, but like, (laughs) what I'm saying is I feel like I'm lacking that. Me personally, I feel like that's what I'm lacking. So I give myself these affirmations to kind of convince myself that I do feel a certain way about myself. In another instance that really took shots at me, he said, you follow dating and relationship advice because you feel like you're unlovable already. Mark, you did not have to take these shots at me like that. What? I cannot tell y'all how many TikTok <laughs> TikTok accounts I follow that are like relationship advice and I'm not even in a relationship. I was like, bro, excuse me? And it's true. It's because I take all this advice. I try to listen to all this. Because in the past, relationships or talking stages, whatever they were, have made me feel like I am not enough for someone. And I'm like, damn, this is start. This is adding up. This is adding up. Uh, <laughs> but then he says, ironically, this fixation on the positive, on what's better, what's superior only serves to remind us over and over again of what we are not, of what we lack, of what we should have been but failed to be. And that is so true. All of these positive affirmations, all the things you tell yourself, all this kind of stuff, it's so fixed on, okay, this is what I'm lacking in life, so let me do this to basically convince myself that I feel this happy or I feel this certain type of way and we're really just focused on what we're lacking we're not actually improving anything because we're doing it in order to basically make ourselves feel better about what we think that we are lacking so in reality you aren't even really fixing the issue because you're still focused on the negative and He also said, after all, no truly happy person feels the need to stand in front of a mirror and recite that he or she is happy. They just are happy. And I, that really hit deep because you could tell yourself every day that you were happy. 
But if you think about it, if you were genuinely, truly happy, you would not have to wake up and look in the mirror and convince yourself that you're happy. Like, that's that's just not how it would work. If you were genuinely happy, you would wake up, feel blessed that you're feeling the way that you're feeling, and just go on with your day and feel good about yourself. Feel good about the life that you have. Feel good about yourself as a person, etc. Like, you would just wake up and feel good. You would feel alive. But if you have to wake up and kind of convince yourself, I mean, I guess I'm happy. I mean, like, you you got a good life. You know, you're you're funny, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is, if you have to wake up and convince yourself that you are that, then you're already focused on what you think that you're lacking. And that shit really hit me. I was like, oh my God. Because I do that. I do that all the time. I'm like, you're cute in the mirror. And then in reality, I'm like, wait, am I though? Let me tell myself again. No, sis, if you genuinely felt cute, if you felt hot, whatever it is, if you woke up and you're like, today I feel good, why would you literally have to tell yourself and convince yourself that you feel that way? What? And I never even thought of it in that way. So I was like, wow, okay, he's kind of taking shots at me. But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. But I feel like that is one thing that kind of plays into, I guess, finding genuine happiness. We can't be so focused on these positive affirmations because those are still really just focused on the negatives in life or the negatives that you see in yourself, you know, whatever it may be. And then this man goes on and he says, the desire for a more positive experience is in in itself a negative experience. But the acceptance of one's negative experience in itself is a positive experience. Now, I'm going to let y'all sit. I'm going to let that simmer for a second. Think of it again. Basically, in I guess better terms, wanting a positive experience is actually being negative towards you. But accepting a negative experience is actually a positive thing. And I can't remember in the book what philosopher came up with this law, but it's called the backwards law. His name was something Watts. I know his last name was Watts. I just can't remember his first name. But he was a philosopher. And he referred to this as the backwards law. So basically... The more you pursue trying to feel better all the time and trying to be happy all the time, the more negative it is to you because you feel like you still haven't reached that peak of happiness or the happiness that you're reaching for. You're constantly trying to get to a goal that you, in your mind, have not reached. So you aren't even focused on the now and how happy you feel in that moment. But... If you accept a negative experience and you're like, okay, you know what? I didn't feel the best today and that's okay because I woke up, I'm breathing, you know, I had another day on this earth. Like, even if you didn't feel the best, 
you just have to accept a negative experience. And it's actually a positive for you because you're accepting that you had a shitty day. And that's okay. Like, everyone, if you are truly happy, not every day is going to be completely sunshine and rainbows, okay? There's going to be times when you feel like shit. And that's okay. You just kind of have to accept the negatives and move on. Because if you stay focused on the negatives, then again, you won't reach that peak happiness that you're looking for. And honestly, that kind of hit home when I read that. This whole book in general, again, I've only read like two and a half chapters. So imagine how I'm going to be feeling when I read the whole book. I'm be like, wow, okay. Yeah, that changed everything, but it's just crazy. So here is the last quote from the book that I will be talking about. This specific quote is from a philosopher called Albert Camus. I think I said his last name right. Honestly, not sure. Albert Camus. We're going to go with that. Okay. And he said, you will never be happy if you continue to search for what happiness consists of. You will never live if you were looking for the meaning of life. Let that, let that sit, let that saute, let that, um, let that just relax in your mind. Because <laughs> what? It's so true though. Like, if you really think about it. If you spend your life, and this is this is taking shots at me as well because I do this. I feel like I spend so much time trying to figure out, oh, what will genuinely make me happy? What is true happiness? Like, I need to find out what makes me truly happy, whether it's, I don't know, um, a career or relationship or car or this or that house you know, whatever, whatever in your life that makes you feel like that will bring you your peak happiness. You're always thinking about it. You're always thinking about what is going to bring me genuine happiness. If you are constantly searching for the next big thing that you think is going to bring you happiness, then you will never live in the moment and you will never enjoy the now. And your whole life will just consist of oh my gosh, I still haven't reached that peak happiness. I still haven't reached my goal, blah, blah, blah. And you will constantly just be focused on the negatives and constantly be focused on, okay, well, I'm not as happy as I want to be yet. Therefore, I'm not happy at all. And if you live every day like you're looking for a meaning in life, then again, you're never going to actually sit back and enjoy what you have. And uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about soul for a second. Because um, I also watched soul recently. And that movie is incredible. Okay, it is incredible. I definitely don't think it is a kid's movie. All right. I mean, it's it's a Disney movie. I don't know if y'all have seen it. Soul. It's on Disney+. Plus. And it's about this guy, basically did music his whole life. Um, His dream is to be, I think, like a jazz musician or something like that. 
but he thinks it's his it, it is it's his life dream like if he doesn't do jazz music then he has no purpose okay and he ends up getting this gig with some jazz performer some famous jazz performer and then he ends up like getting in an accident or something and then his soul basically like tries to leave to the next life but he's trying to get back to earth get back in his body because he's like this is what I was made to do I have to be a jazz performer and then of course you know things get messed up and you know blah 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 but basically like throughout this movie he gets back to earth but he's not in his body he gets in like a cat's body and then this other soul that he met in the afterlife accidentally landed in his body and now that soul is kind of learning what life is what her what she thinks her purpose would be on earth that kind of stuff okay so basically the whole movie is trying to find out what your purpose is or what your passion is going to be when you get to earth or whatever and as the guy kind of looks back on his life he realizes like it was all kind of dull like yeah it involved music and everything and he loved what he was doing but he didn't really reach like his peak happiness that he aspired to have which was being like a famous musician and then when he finally got his shot he ended up getting in a little accident and now his soul like isn't in his body blah 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 so finally he gets back in his body and then he performs with the musician or whatever he does great Everyone loved him, but after the show, he was like, this isn't what I thought it would be. This isn't the, like, I thought I would feel happier after this. Like, this can't be it. And honestly, that shit really hit. Because he was searching so long for what his passion is, and he stuck with it. He didn't let anything get in his way when it came to his music okay and when he finally reached his goal or what he thought would be his peak what he thought it would be his peak to happiness he was like it still doesn't feel right it doesn't feel like how I thought it would and I feel like we do that a lot in our everyday lives we're constantly looking I guess I guess you could say for the next best thing when it comes to looking for happiness and we're always letting ourselves down because we always feel like we haven't reached that absolute peak happiness that we are looking for so we're always focused on the negative and we don't appreciate what we have going for us right now and honestly like after thinking about that last night after I had my anxiety attack I thought about a lot this morning as well and honestly it's it's very true because I I do do that a lot I tend to focus on the negatives and focus on what I don't have which makes my anxiety even worse and makes me overthink even more because then I feel like I haven't accomplished what I feel like I should have accomplished so then I end up feeling like a failure and then, like, it just, it just keeps going. The cycle just continues, you know? 
So, if you are constantly living life, searching for that true meaning of happiness, you're never going to actually find consistent happiness. Because you're going to be focused on all the wrong things. You're not going to be focused on, wow, I woke up today. I have a roof over my head. I have food to eat, you know. Just wake up and try your best to find, I know earlier, positive affirmations. I said positive affirmations aren't aren't the move anymore. So don't do a positive affirmation. But just, like, wake up and just be like, wow, I have another day on this earth. So why don't I go ahead and try to make the best of it? And again, some people have shitty days and that's okay. But if you feel like you find your true happiness, then just accept that today was a shitty day, but you got another day tomorrow. And just kind of, I guess, live in the moment. Stop stop overthinking everything. Stop stressing about everything because honestly another topic in this book the title is literally the subtle art of not giving a fuck stop giving fucks about things that are irrelevant in life there are so many things that I personally can say that I care too much about that literally should not even be in my mind I care too much about little shit that does not matter in the grand scheme of things. And I guess one reason is because I'm kind of a perfectionist. So, like, for instance, here's an example. In volleyball, okay, and my teammates can attest to this. If we're in practice and I'm doing really bad, I tend to get in my head. And I get really pissed off. Not at other people on the court, but I get pissed off at myself. But at the same time, that's what practice is for. Practice is for making mistakes so you can learn from the mistakes and improve so you don't fuck up in a game and, you know, you look terrible, etc. Like, that's what practice is for. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, no, I have to play perfect all the time. Like, I have to be the best damn volleyball player that you have ever seen. And if I'm not doing that, then I suck. Then I'm not a good volleyball player. I've been playing for eight years, but I suck. And I know one day I was like really in my head and my coach pulled me to the side and she was like, what's going on? Like, why why are you so in your head? And I'm like, you know... I feel like I'm a perfectionist, so even if I'm not doing terrible, if I make a mistake here and there, I feel like I suck. So therefore, you know, I get in my head. And she's like, look, you're doing good. You're here for a reason. You need to stop getting in your head because you're not, like, you're you're not bad. Like, you're just having a rough day. And everyone has rough days. Everyone has an off day. Whether it's a sport, whether you play an instrument, whatever it may be. Everyone has off days, literally. But I can't let one mistake make myself feel like I'm lesser than I actually am. She's like, look, you're you're here for a reason. 
I recruited you for a reason. You're you're good at what you do. You just need to stop getting in your head so much. And I'm like, you know what? She's right. And occasionally I still get, get in my head. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I still get in my head a lot. But I can't keep being focused on the negatives. You know, I feel like I care way too much about the slightest, smallest little things. And it's really, it's not even that deep. It is not that deep. But somehow my mind tends to make it feel like it is that deep. And if you aren't absolutely perfect every second of the day, then you have failed yourself. And that is not the reality, okay? Stop giving the book put it perfectly. Stop giving a fuck about things that literally just are irrelevant, that don't matter. Like the smallest little things. Because if you overthink about all of those tiny things that really don't matter, then again, you're going to be stuck in that negative mindset. Quick water break. (laughs) I have yet to take a water break and my mouth is like really dry now because I'm I'm going in today. So, (laughs) all right. Water break over. So here's the thing though. If pursuing a positive situation is negative to you, then pursuing negative actually generates positive. And Mark Manson put it perfectly in his book when he was talking about this because he's like, look, an example of this is, for instance, when you work out, when you go to the gym. The pain you end up pursuing in the gym, whether it's lifting weights, running, and you're like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Like this hurts. I'm sore, etc. All of that pain generates all around better health, energy, fit body, etc. Muscle mass, whatever. All right, whatever. It generates the positive. So working through that pain, that negative is actually making a positive if that made any sense at all um (laughs) another example he said the failures in a business are what lead to better understanding of what's necessary to be successful and for instance I could use that for my podcast you know um if I ended up failing on a certain episode or I I don't even know maybe the podcast was a shitty example But say I did really bad, like on an episode, something like that, I can just re-listen to that episode and kind of learn from it and learn like, okay, maybe in the outline I should talk about this and then this. Like, it's all about learning, taking those experiences and learning from it, okay? Another thing, being open with your insecurities actually makes you more confident and charismatic around others and I feel like this is definitely true I definitely feel like that's true because sometimes I joke around about my insecurities and things like that but when I kind of laugh it off and like find it funny I tend to feel more confident about it because I'm like 
all right, yeah, I, I can, like, joke around about it, but in reality, I, it's not as bad as I think it is. You know, I don't know if I'm the only one that does that, but I definitely feel like that is very true. Like, the more you are open about your insecurities, things like that, you tend to feel more confident about it. Like, for instance, I talk about my insecurities all the time on this podcast. It's like every episode, I have something to say about myself, and oh my god, y'all know, y'all know. But I feel like ever since I have started the podcast, I have been a lot more open about certain things, like certain aspects in my life. And that's good because I like being open with you guys. I love sharing my stories and my personal problems because y'all aren't alone in this and I'm here for (laughs) y'all. But trust me, sisters and brothers, y'all are not alone. (laughs) But yeah, like basically if you kind of fight through all of these, I guess, negatives then it generates a positive outcome. And you it may not generate it right away. You may not feel like it generates something positive right away, but eventually it's going to come out as a positive. You know? And honestly, if you I don't I don't even know how how I'm going to word this next sentence. Give me a minute. See, here it is. Here here's the negative. I got a fucking brain fart. Sorry, guys. Let me try to think about how I'm gonna word this. Basically, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna (laughs) go back, all right? We're gonna go back for a second. You just have to learn how to stop being so invested in the little things that your mind kind of tells you are really big things that you constantly need to worry about like you have to stop giving a fuck about them because you're never again you're never going to reach that peak happiness if you're constantly focused on what you don't have what you aren't etc so I feel like that's my little hot take um on happiness. Uh, And honestly, I highly suggest buying this book. Okay, it's really good. Um, I only went over like the first a couple things he talked about, like only in the first chapter, like I didn't even get into the second chapter yet. But um, highly suggest getting the book. Again, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It's by Mark Manson. And it is great. Okay, absolutely great. Makes a lot of good points. But yeah, he kind of described it so well. And I can totally agree with him. If you are constantly thinking about what you aren't and the negatives and you are overthinking about the small little things in life that may go wrong, but you think it's a big deal, you will never truly be happy. If you're constantly searching for happiness, then you aren't going to be able to appreciate the happiness that you're actually feeling in the moment, you know? So, um, that's that. Uh, that was really, today was kind of a, a deep, kind of darker episode. I wouldn't say dark, but like, it, it definitely was kind of a deeper topic. But of course, that's what the podcast is for. It's what I'm here for. So, 
glad we talked about it though because it definitely has been on my mind lately and it is definitely something that I have been struggling with personally so I think it's good to actually get it out in the air talk about it and you know be able to kind of take advice from at least this book uh (laughs) this book is good but enough about that we're gonna get into the Q&A segment um I actually didn't get a whole lot of questions this week so um that's why I gave myself less time to go through it but anyways let's let's just jump right in so somebody asked me how do I deal with an anxiety slash panic attack oh well good thing you bring that up because I was just talking about that earlier so me personally when I have an anxiety attack it can be kind of hard to kind of focus on one thing so what I usually do I do something called um I call it grounding I don't know if that's what it's actually like formally called but I call it grounding okay and basically what you do is you look around your room or wherever you are having your anxiety or panic attack and you basically make a list and list things off to yourself so you find for instance five things you can touch four things you can see three things you can smell, you know, two things you can, whatever, so on and so forth, okay? You know, two things you can touch, whatever. I, I don't know. The list kind of blanked out in my head. But that's what I try to do because it helps my mind kind of settle down and it helps it focus on one thing at a time. So, for instance, if I was having an anxiety attack right now and I'm in my room, I could say, okay, five things I can touch. Um, my pillow, my bed, my dresser, my carpet, etc., etc. You just kind of list things off and look around because it kind of helps you calm your mind and focus on one thing at a time. If you feel like that doesn't work... Like, for instance, last night when I was having my anxiety attack, I could not focus. Like, I could not get my mind to slow down. I was hyperventilating. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Calling someone always helps, in my opinion. Um, If Whether it's a friend that you trust with your life or your parents or your therapist, whoever, call someone and just let them know, like, hey... I'm freaking out right now. Could you please talk me down? Because honestly, having someone there, not like with you, you know, in person, but like just having the presence of someone's voice, like it really does help. At least it helps for me. So like last night when I wasn't able to get myself grounded and I wasn't able to focus on one thing, I just called someone. And when they answered it, like, automatically helped like obviously I was still like hyperventilating and crying but he was able to kind of relax me and calm me down and he actually pointed out another um like another method hold on I need some water water break Ah. 
know y'all love that. <laughs> Anyways, he actually gave me another method last night. So when I was on the phone with him and I was having my anxiety attack, he was like, calm down, like take deep breaths. And he's like, do you have a lemon or a lime? And I was like, what? He's like, do you have a lemon or a lime? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, go in your kitchen and grab whatever you have. So I had a lemon. So I grabbed it and I'm like, okay, I have my lemon. And he was like, bite it. I'm like, sir, excuse me. Excuse me. Like, no, no, no cutting it open. No, nothing. Just biting the lemon with the skin on. I was like, bro, what? But I did it because I was freaking out. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And I bit it. Let me tell you, it was the worst taste ever. I have never experienced a worse taste. Maybe maybe Brussels sprouts. But other than that, I have not tasted anything worse. I was like, why did I just do that? And he was like, it helps take your mind off of what you were focused on. Because now you're focused on how terrible the taste in your mouth is. I was like, wow, I never thought of that. And I... I mean, it worked. It helped me relax and it kind of made me laugh. But, you know, that that may help you as well. But, you know, I would say grounding, um, like getting yourself grounded, um, calling someone or possibly biting a citrus fruit. That apparently helps. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that was a really good question. And then somebody said, what do you think true happiness is? All right, bruh. Well, we just kind of discussed it in this whole episode. But honestly, in my opinion, I would say true happiness. You know, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say because I personally don't think I have reached my peak or my, my true happiness, whatever it is. But at the same time, like I said earlier, if I'm constantly trying to find what the true meaning of happiness is, then I'm never going to actually be happy in the moment or, you know, love what I have, etc. or be appreciative of what I have. So I feel like true happiness is different for everyone. Everyone can take it differently. Everyone has a different experience with it. Um, it really just depends. I feel like it's more of a personal, a personal thing, you know? Um, personally, my true happiness would be, geez, um, I guess to wake up every day and just like, have my mind at ease, like be at peace with myself. That would kind of be my true happiness, being able to wake up, have peace with myself, like peace of mind, not stress so much about the little things. I feel like once I would be able to do that, I would truly be happy. But again, I'm not going to try to constantly focus on reaching my true happiness because then I won't actually reach it but yes I I feel like that would be kind of my my happiness um meter (laughs) like it would it would reach the top if I was able to do that but yeah I again it's different for everyone different for everyone I feel like it's a more of a personal thing anyways 
thank you guys so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. Um, Honestly, the podcast is something that makes me very happy. I love making the podcast for y'all. It is so much fun to do, honestly, and I have a lot planned this year for the podcast. And I was serious about merch, guys. Like, if y'all really want me to put out some merch, let me know. Like, I already have ideas, so... (laughs) Y'all just DM me, text me, you know, just let me know. Like, if y'all want some merch, I can get some going. But, again, thank y'all so much. I truly appreciate each and every one of y'all. It's amazing how well the podcast is doing. I never would have thought it had, it would get this far. I thought I would quit after, like, an episode because I would get discouraged that not enough people were listening. But, like, honestly, <laughs> y'all have been amazing. So thank y'all. Y'all make me happy. I love (laughs) y'all. But um, yes, I hope y'all have a great rest of your week. Okay. And remember, try not to focus too much on reaching what you think your real happiness is. Enjoy the moments that you have now. Live in the moment. You know, wake up. Be happy that you are on this earth another day. And honestly, just just live. Just live. Because I promise, like, if you stop focusing on trying so hard to look for happiness, it's going to come naturally. Like, it's it's going to come naturally, okay? And, and that goes for me, too. I need to stop focusing on all this, all right? But again, um, look at the negatives as, you know... For instance, like a lesson, accept it, move on, don't focus too much on them because the negatives are actually turning us into positives. But, you know, I already just talked about that for an hour, so I'm not going to keep going on about it. Anyways, love y'all so much. Thank you for listening. I will see y'all next week. Hopefully my mic will work. We're going to see. But again, love my phone. So, um... I don't know how many times I've already said this, but love y'all. Thank y'all for everything. And I will catch y'all later. Peace.